Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast. For some poetry from the Oxford Book of Earth, we are discussing Geoffrey Chaucer. And then we're going to read some uh, Thomas Hockleave. Very cool. All right. What do we have to say about yesterday's poems by old Geoffrey Chaucer? Um, oh, yeah, by the way, my discussion prompts. Which was your favourite of those two poems? And did you get Mumbo Number no. 5 vibes? I also put out a challenge to the listeners and uh, participants um, to feel inspired and write a couple of lines for us. I would love for us to start making some poems, right? To really engage in the world of poetry, I think the best thing to do is to write some as well. Swim says the mama fishy says some fun facts about the poem Ballad. The short poem is part of a long poem called The Legend of Good Women. The long poem has kind of a funny story behind it. Earlier, Chaucer had written a wonderful long narrative poem about two lovers called Troilus and Crusade. In that long poem, the woman, Crusade, betrayed the man, Troilus. But then Charles claims Queen Achilles got angry with him for writing a poem that made women look bad, so now he is going to write a new long poem about how wonderful women are in order to make Queen Alciste forgive him. The legend of good women is that poem. There you go. Don't want to anger the gods. Funny thing about the short poem you and I have just read together, of course, is that it's written in praise of the Queen, whom Chaucer is trying to placate, or so he says, so there's a little bit of humour behind it. One of it its functions is to suck up to someone important. Hmm. Interesting. Tecrific says there's some great references to the ancient Greeks and their stories and mythologies. Chaucer heavily influenced Shakespeare and transmitted his love of Roman Greece unto Shakespeare. There you go. Very cool. As we see, we can see, sorry, the love unfeigned is basically a manifesto to a young to the young and sublimate their youthful exuberance and love to Jesus, and by doing so reach salvation in Agap. Very religious poem, obviously, but contemplating unconditional love is time well spent even for heathens like me. Chaucer has inspired so many subsequent poets, writers and playwrights through the ages and until today. This particular poem would benefit from research into the history and mythology of ancient Rome and ancient Greece, but we can even see influences from the Bible and Easter and her meekness here. This kind use of old, kind use of old references to the ancient stories becomes even more of a thing from now on in English, English literature. It's hard to estimate the value Chaucer has had on subsequent generations, but we know that Shakespeare was influenced by Chaucer's use of dialogue that came to be so important in Shakespeare's own writing. Well, there you go. And here we are in the Hemingway list. Isn't that cool? How the inspirations in literature echo through these generations. I find that fascinating. Um... Influence can carry on for so many hundreds of years. Isn't that so cool? Guy wrote these poems in the 1300s. Hemingway eventually has them on his list. He's influenced Shakespeare. He's influenced Hemingway. And now here we are in 2022. 
inheriting that influence yet again. That's so cool, if you ask me. Now, no one took up my challenge to write some poetry. That's okay. I only issued that challenge that day. I just want to let you guys know that I will continue to prod and prompt you guys to engage in the poetry world by let's all write some poetry. All right, I'm going to keep asking. And I know that last sentence didn't really make sense, but you know what I meant. <laughs> All right, cool. Now, let us read Thomas Hockleave, born 1368 or 9-ish, and died 1450. There's only one short poem. Oh, I'm looking at it now and thinking maybe I should have found a translation because it doesn't look particularly okay here we go I think I found a modern translation which we'll go with yes I have awesome good stuff all right I'm gonna read this modern translation it is called Lament for Chaucer. Wait a minute, is that referring to the, the Chaucer of the previous poem? You know, I've just realized as well, I think we might have skipped a poem. Pretty sure we skipped a poem. I thought there was only two poems by Chaucer. I think there might have been three. I will confirm that and we'll rectify that tomorrow. But for now, as promised, let's read, read Thomas Hockleave, Lament for Chaucer. Uh, alas, my worthy, honourable master, this land's true treasure and wealth, death has done irreparable harm to us by your death, her vengeful harshness has despoiled this land of the sweetness of speech, for there was never a man among us so like Cicero. Also, who was heir to Aristotle in philosophy and our language except for you? You followed Virgil's steps in poetry too, as people know well enough. That world's burden that killed my master, I wish I were killed. Death was too quick to run at you and steal your life. She might have held off her venge vengeance a while to someone was equal to you. No, forget that she well knew that this island may never bring forth another man like you, and she had to do her job. God told her to, I trust for the best, O oh Master, Master God, rest your soul. Well, there you go. It was a lament for Chaucer, quite literally. Um... That's kind of sweet, you know. We've just talked about how much of an influence Chaucer was, and now this person who clearly was influenced by them has written a poem uh, lamenting their death. Kind of sweet. Kind of nice, in a way. Alright, folks. Um, that's going to be it for tonight, I believe. Let me just double-check that I'm not missing a poem. No, I am not. Alright. I will see you tomorrow.